I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. We're going to continue our subject, the art of intercession. We said earlier that there is a call going out in, in the spirit realm. God is calling men and women to a fresh new place of prayer. We said that there's three simple foundations about prayer. Number one, that we have to ask. Number two, that God hears you when you pray. And number three, that he answers you. We're going to go into, in this session, we're going to talk about the different kinds of prayer. I don't know if you know that or not, but there are different kinds of prayer. There's different kinds of prayer. Just like there's different kinds of sports. There's basketball, hockey, uh, football, and each sport has its own set of rules. And in order for a particular player to score in that any particular sport, you have to play by the right rules that govern that particular sport. For example, you can't play basketball with football rules. You're not going to score, you're not going to hit the mark, and things are just not going to work. Well, the same thing holds true in our prayer life, that there are different rules that govern the different kinds of prayer spoken of in the Word of God. And I think one of the reasons why people are not seeing prayer fruit is because people are not being taught accurately how to pray and people are getting discouraged, and, and people just don't understand that there's different rules that govern those different kinds of prayer. And so I want to get into that today. I want to talk to you about the different kinds of prayer. Ephesians 6.18 says, uh, after you, you talk about the, the full armor of God, Ephesians 6.18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. The Amplified says, praying always with all kinds of prayer or all manner of prayer. Godspeed translation says, use every kind of prayer and entreaty, and at every opportunity, pray in the spirit. So I want to talk to you briefly about the different kinds of prayer and the rules that govern each individual prayer before we talk about what is the prayer of intercession. So what I would encourage you to do, and I've always tell all my students and all the places that I've ever ministered, is that a balanced Christian will pray all manner of prayer. It's good not just to pray one kind of prayer. It's good to pray all the different kinds of prayer and, and that's, that's really the fruit of being a balanced Christian. For example, you just don't want to do all, kind, all intercession and no worship. Because as we're going to find out, the prayer of intercession is the kind of prayer where you're giving out and, and you're, 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 you're giving of yourself and you're releasing the life of God 
Whereas the prayer of worship, we're going to find out, is where you're being filled up and God is refreshing you and restoring you. So it's very important to pray all different kinds of prayer. Now, number one, the first prayer we're going to talk about is the prayer of faith. I'm going to quote it for you, but I would encourage you to look it up in your Bible. Uh, Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, What things soever you desire, you desire, you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, and you will have it. That's what I call the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is the kind of prayer that you pray for yourself. This is very important, especially as we enter into our study on the prayer of intercession. The prayer of faith is the prayer whereby you pray for yourself. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it and you'll have it. You pray the prayer of faith in faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:1 1, that faith is the substance, the confirmation, the title deed amplified, or moffets, of the things you hope for, the evidence of things you don't see. So when you pray the prayer of faith, you go to the Father and you say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I am asking you, and this is what I did a while ago, I'm asking you to send me an assistant to help me to administrate this ministry. And I said, Father, I come to you. You said in your word that you know what things I have need of before I ever ask you. And I'm coming to you and I'm asking you now to send uh, the right person across my path to aid and assist me in this ministry, right? And it's God's will because God's in the house and he's building it and I knew it was his will because God's will is, is that his work get accomplished in, in, in the earth and, and obviously I just needed help. So I went to him and I said, Father, I'm asking you to send me an assistant. And I said, now I believe I receive him or her and I just want to thank you for it. And I, and I, I thank you that you're going and you're going to cause this answer to come. So basically the prayer of faith, that's how it works. You believe you receive it and then you'll have it. You say, and then you go on and you thank him for it. If you pray that prayer twice, you pray the first time in unbelief. Makes a lot of people mad, but it's really true. If you say, Father, I need, I need a job, and I come before your throne room, and I'm asking you to provide a job, because doesn't the Bible say that he delights in the prosperity of his servant? Doesn't the Bible say that, that God said in his word that he wants to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory? Isn't that his will? Isn't that his word? So, Father, I come to you. I'm asking you to provide for me a job. And, and I ask you for it in Jesus' name, and I believe I receive it, and now I thank you for it. If I go and I pray that prayer a second time, I pray the first time in unbelief. Because if you've believed that you've received, you have it. Isn't that how Kenneth E. Hagin received his healing? Didn't, didn't Jesus say in his word, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, and you'll have it? Well, healing is, is in God's word, and it's in the plan of redemption. He said, I really desire to be healed. And well, if Jesus said to him one day, well, if you, if you really believed that you were healed and you believed that you would have, you have it, then you would act like it. 
and he stood up and he was completely healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. He prayed the prayer, prayer of faith for his healing. So the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith is based on God's revealed word and never contains and if it be your will in it. What is God's will? Okay, his will is Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. That word salvation is S-O-T-E-R-I-A in the Greek, and it means healing, deliverance, safety, and soundness. That's the gospel. That's God's will, right? And the, the Bible is full of promises where God promises prosperity, health, healing, and, and, and spiritual rest and refreshing. So the prayer of faith never prays. If it's your will, send me a job. Well, you need a job, don't you? You need prosperity, right? You need to pay your bills, right? It is his will. He delights in the prosperity. He said, I'd supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. So the prayer of faith never prays if it be your will. You, the Bible says, if you ask anything according to my will, I hear you. The will of God is the word of God. So find a promise that meets your need, and that's what you stand on. That's what you pray. You believe you receive it, and you'll have it. Sounds very simple, but that's how prayer works when it comes to the prayer of faith. Number two, there's the prayer of dedication and consecration. This is actually a prayer I pray very often. And we have a book coming out on the prayer of dedication and consecration. It's called... Um, decision time, the place in the prayer of surrender. But the prayer of dedication and consecration is the kind of prayer where you find yourself in a crossroad and you sense in your heart that God wants to do a new thing or you're praying about whether or not to take a job or to move to a certain place or whatever it may be, you're at a crossroad. And you go to the Father and you say, Father, if it be your will, I will go to Russia, I will go to India, I will take that job, I will join that church. If it be your will, and you're asking God for direction, you're laying down your life and you're saying, Lord, I surrender my will to you, and whatever you desire for me to do, I'm asking that you cause my thoughts to become agreeable with your thoughts, so that the plans that I have are your plans, that are plans to prosper me and not harm me, and so that my plans, which are your plans, will succeed. You're putting yourself into a place and a position of surrender, and you're in a place of neutral neutrality, where you're saying, Lord, if it be your will, I'm asking, if it be your will, X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that you're praying about. This is the prayer that Jesus prayed when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew that, you know, what his destiny held for him. He read the Old Testament. He read all the scriptures about him. He knew who he was. He, he knew the call that was on his life. And he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, which means wine press, and he laid prostrate before God, which is a sign of surrender, and he said, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, it's not what I will. It's what you will. May your will be done. And that's the place of prayer of dedication and consecration. Okay? Now, I prayed the prayer of dedication and consecration many times in my life because my natural tendency is to sit in the back of the church, mind my own business, and be a follower. And God did not have that in mind for me. So I've had to pray the prayer of surrender, the prayer of dedication and consecration, 
Lord, it, it, you know what, if, if, if it's your will, I'll do what you want me to do. I, I, you know what, but you're just going to have to give me what I need. You're going to have to strengthen me. And that's what the prayer of dedication and consecration does. When you come up out of that place of prayer, you come out of that place of prayer strengthened. Because Jesus actually prayed that prayer three times. Are you listening? You can pray the prayer of dedication and consecration over and over and over and over and over again. He prayed that prayer three times. And by the time he prayed it the third time, his spirit and his soul and his body came into agreement and he came out of that place of prayer and he came out of that place of prayer strengthened with might by the spirit of God and his inner man and he was ready to do the will of God. Not only that, but let me just say this. The prayer of dedication and consecration is a prayer that sets in motion the will of God for your life. You think about Jesus in the garden. He said, Lord, you know what? If it's your will, let this cup pass from me, but it's not my will. May your will be done. And, and what happened is when he made that decision and his spirit, soul, and body came into alignment, he came up strengthened, and immediately the Bible says, here came Judas. The will of God was set in motion. And I've seen that over and over and over in my life, that there's times in my life I have to pray the prayer of dedication and consecration. And sometimes what's holding things back is that I'm not surrendered. I need to make an internal change, an internal adjustment. And when I surrender, that's when I see things just start to happen. And that actually happened when I turned 50. I didn't want to go, in my head, didn't want to go into this next phase of ministry. And it took me about three months. And when I finally just said yes to God, I'll go into the second phase or third, whatever it's called, a ministry, and I'll do what you've asked me to do. And I won't retire. I'll refire for you. And I'll do what you've called me to do. I won't go to Florida and sit in the house and sit by the pool and go to Pilates and go to the gym. I'll do what you call me to do. When I finally made that decision one day, it took me three months. You know when you've made that decision. You know when you've made that hard adjustment. Something in you is telling you and prompting you to do something in a certain direction, and you're resistant. Your will's just not in it. But when you make that adjustment and you make those heart changes, not only are you happier for doing it, but it sets in motion the will of God, and all the things you have need of just begin to come to you and are drawn to you. The Bible says men will come to the brightness of your rising. And that's what happens. When you pray the prayer of dedication and consecration, you surrender your will to him. And you know you've surrendered because you just feel it on the inside. You know, it's like I tell my students, some things are just better caught than taught. You just know when you've made that adjustment. And sometimes that place of surrender is a place of tears. It's a place of tears. It's a place where you go, all right, I'll let go. And you don't really want to, but you know it's the right thing. And there's tears with it because your emotions, the Bible says the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit's going, yeah, go for it. Yeah, you can be what God's called you to be. Yeah, do that thing. Yeah, go for it. Do it, do it, do it. But your flesh is going, I'm not qualified. I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I don't know enough word. I, I mean, the more I move into different phases of ministry, the more I just want to stop everything and go back to Bible school. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've said that recently. I just wish I could stop and go back to Bible school. Because you never feel adequate. You're never going to feel adequate. My opinion, at least. You're never going to feel adequate. 
But it's not about your adequacy. It's about Christ in you, the hope of glory. And those who he calls, he equips, he changes, and he prepares you like clay, like the clay in a potter's hand. Just allow him to mold you and shape you. Because the prayer of dedication is the place of prayer where you're in the, you're one with him and you're praying and you're allowing him to mold you and to shape you and to form you into the vessel that he's called you to be. I just want to encourage somebody who's listening to this. If God's dealing with you, just let it go. God never gives, asks you to give something up that he is not going to give you back super abundantly above all you could ask, hope, dream, or desire. He, he just doesn't. The Bible says no man has left houses or brothers or mothers or lands. And God said, I will not with it. When you do that for me, give you back super abundantly above all houses, lands, families, whatever you desire. The Bible says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things you have need of will be added unto you. I could just see in my spirit right now, somebody just praying that prayer of dedication and consecration. And you're dedicating and you're consecrating yourself to the heart of the Father, and you're saying yes to Him. And as you say yes to Him, your heart, is like a, I sense, is, being, is, is broken because you don't want to let go of that thing. But God is going to pour into your heart where it's broken for saying yes to Him, and He's going to, again, do for you so much more than you could even imagine, hope, dream, or desire. There is so much more God wants to give you and do for you, but you've got to let go. If you're going to move on and press into the future for what God has for you, you've got to let go of the past. Then there's some things you just have to let go of. Let it go. Give it to God. Surrender to Him. There's a song that we sing, I surrender all. Well, it's one thing to have Jesus as Savior. It's another thing to have make him Lord. Make him Lord of that area of your life and just say yes to him. I sense in my spirit the Holy Spirit's pleading with someone to say yes to him because he has something so much more fun for you than you're doing right now. Just say yes to him. So that's the prayer. And the other thing I see in my spirit is when you say yes to him, and you surrender that to him. I just see things being attracted to you and drawn to you, like Isaiah 60, 1 through 4. Men will come to your bright. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Things will fall into place. Those things that you've desired are just going to come into you. You're going to be like a magnet for blessings. So I just want to encourage you to say yes to God. The prayer of dedication and consecration. So in this prayer, we pray, if it be your will. Then there's the prayer of worship. John 4, 21 through 24, Jesus said, The Father is seeking for true worshipers, worshipers, those that worship him in spirit and in truth. You look at the book of Revelations and everything that's going on in heaven is worship. They fall down before the lamb that's slain and they worship him. All praise and honor and glory be to him who sits on the throne. And they're worshiping God day and night. Worship. It's the prayer of worship. It says in Acts 13, 1 through 4, that the prophets and the teachers, and as they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul. When you're praying the prayer of worship, it creates an atmosphere for God to speak to you or for God to speak to a congregation. 
The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. There's another scripture that says that praise or worship stills the avenger. If you can't seem to get victory over an oppression in your life, I would encourage you to put on some worship music in your house, in your car, wherever you are, and just begin to worship him. His presence will, he inhabits the praises of his people. Remember we said, that I'll make you joyful in my house of prayer. His presence will come in and that oppression will leave you because the enemy can't stand the praises of God. He was the one that wanted all the praise and all the worship. And when you begin to worship God, it puts God and Jesus as Lord over all the circumstances of your life. So worship him. Now, then there's the prayer of agreement. Matthew 18, 19 through 20. That, that scripture says that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, of my Father, it shall be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. There's just something about having agreement with people. I know in my house, when I have prayer at my house, I love it when my team comes over and we all pray together because that agreement produces such power, such power. There's power in our agreement. So there's the prayer of agreement. Then there's, which brings us to united prayer. Um, Acts 4, 23 through 21, I believe that scripture is talking about when the apostles were being persecuted and they were being told, we don't want you to speak and we don't want you to teach at all anymore in the name of Jesus. And they're being threatened. The warfare was being released. And the disciples, instead of uh, bowing down to the warfare, they went, listen, to their own company and they acknowledged all the things that were happening. They didn't deny the circumstances. They said, these things are happening. And they gathered together and they lifted up their voice in one accord and they prayed all aloud, all together in one place. United prayer. There is power in united prayer. It's a whole other teaching. We are actually going to talk about united prayer in this series on the art of intercession because it is a powerful tool that God will use to bring revival to cities and nations and it's just just very exciting and then there's the prayer in the spirit for personal edification first corinthians 14 4 says when i pray in an unknown tongue my well the scripture says my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful but when i speak in a tongue i edify myself that word edify means to charge yourself up like a battery. That's another kind of prayer I pray a lot of. Because there's times I'm just spiritually weak. I'm not in tune spiritually. I've been doing too many things in the natural. You know, graduations, kids, parties. You know, just sometimes life just causes us, all of us, to focus too much on the natural. And we're not charging our spirit enough. We're not reading our Bible. We're not praying enough. We're not, not enough. We're not praying like we would like to pray. And our spirits just get depleted. That's the perfect opportunity to just begin to pray in the spirit. And when you pray in the spirit, you start to edify or charge yourself up. As a matter of fact, when you pray in the spirit, you don't even have to even think. You could be thinking about... Did I order all the napkins for the party? 
And you could be thinking that, but your spirit prays. Your mind is unfruitful, but your spirit prays, and God understands you. So praying in the spirit is a very powerful prayer spoken of in the word of God. It's like this. All of us use cell phones nowadays, correct? So we, we're on our phone with our cell phones, and we're, we're listening, and we're listening, and we're talking, and we're talking, and we're texting, we're emailing, Facebooking, uh, Instagramming. We're doing all these things on our, on our phones. Well, after a while, that phone battery just runs, runs lower and lower and lower. You go from four bars to three bars to two bars. Then you're down to, to one bar. Well, that's the BlackBerry, but the iPhone usually tells you you have 20% <laughs> battery power left because I guess that's the new age of uh, phones, the iPhones. I don't know. Anyway, just thought I'd put that in there. So what do we do when our, our batteries go low? We get a cord and we plug it into our iPhone or our BlackBerry and we plug it into the main power source that's most likely on the wall and as that plug is in that socket that battery charges up. The same thing happens when you pray in the spirit. That word edify means to build yourself up, charge yourself up like a battery. You're charging yourself up. Well I don't, I don't feel any different. Since when does Things of the spirit have anything to do with feelings. You could be strengthened with might in your inner man on the inside. Just something on the inside just tells you, go, 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 go. But your, your flesh could be like really tired. So praying in the spirit. Now the last prayer before we close, we're just going to start, is we're going to talk about the prayer of intercession. And this is why the reason I gave out all the different kinds of praying is because we have another prayer called the prayer of intercession that has and carries with it its own set of rules. And what I've seen in the body of Christ is I've seen people get the rules mixed up and they're using prayer of intercession rules for the prayer of faith and when they go to ask God for something they're begging him and begging him and begging him and begging him and persistently asking him over and over and over and over and they're begging and they're begging and they're not resting in their faith and not resting in prayer and that's not how the prayer of faith should operate that's the prayer of intercession is a different kind of praying and that's what we want to restore we want to restore to the body of Christ to the church the art of intercession that carries with it its own set of rules so by way of introduction, what is an intercessor and what is the prayer of intercession? Number one, the prayer of intercession is not praying for yourself. It's praying for another. Not praying for yourself, it's praying for another. That's why it has its own set of rules. Number two, the prayer of intercession is as Ezekiel 22:30 one who stands in the gap before God. Number three, the prayer of intercession is as a mediator. He, uh, uh, Webster says, a go-between, an intercessor, or one who interposes between pa parties at variance for the purpose of reconcile them, reconciling them. An intercessor is a mediator. Next, an intercessor is as a lawyer who pleads the case on the behalf of another. And I love this. And when we start talking about how to pray, you'll see why. The Greek word for an intercessor means to get the ear of a king. 
on the behalf of another. And we're going to close with this and we'll pick up later and go into what is an intercessor, how to pray the prayer of intercession, and so on and so forth. But before we do, I want to encourage you to get my book, Mark for Intercession. Um, anything you want to know about the prayer of intercession that I know is in this book. I don't know everything about the prayer of intercession, but what I do know is in this book. And you can order it on our website at margieflorent.org. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.